0: Welcome to Half Point for a Podcast. And I am your host, Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co host, Dalton Willie, and producer, Johnny Pham. Guys, I got to tell you, that may have been the most depressing week of fantasy football I've ever witnessed in my life. Our, our home league, our home dynasty league. I think two teams topped 100 points in that. And it's a ha- half point per reception. Johnny, of course, the, the week where it gets weird, Johnny pulls everybody <laughs> out of the water with <laughs> the lowest scoring team in the league. With like 130 points or whatever it was. So it, it's it been a weird time. But we're, again, like last week, especially this week, going to try and make a little bit of sense of it all with uh, with some real or fake today. But first off, Dalton, how are you doing on this very fine Wednesday evening? Well just full disclosure uh during our lead up to this my entire power flickered because there's a thunderstorm outside so if i my screen goes black it's because um the fantasy gods don't want me to talk today um just like they don't want Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen to succeed at fantasy football because apparently <laughs> the shell 2 cover 2 defense is all you need to stop the most elite quarterbacks in the NFL the you know if we would have started this podcast about 20 30 minutes ago i, I was kind of thinking well, I'm concerned number one about my power going out, and number two, about the thunder being so loud that it actually gets picked up on the audio of of the podcast. So And you were thirty minutes west of me, so glad, it makes a lot of sense. It's here glad, now. yeah. Glad to hear that you're now under those same conditions. Johnny, I understand it is in the thirties where you're at, so no rain, but you're freezing. It cold. <laughs> thanks, uh th- thanks for the the great joke. All right, we can just jump right into to real or fake, Dalton. We actually have quite a bit to get to today. I put in five topics with, you know, no, no expectation of how many you might put in. You add another five. So we've got ten, 10 topics to get to. And right off the bat, we're going to start at the top. With Derrick Henry out for, we think, the rest of the season. And if not the rest of the season, pretty much the rest of the fantasy relevant season. Christian McCaffrey should now be thought of as the number one overall player rest of season. Is that real or is that fake? This one, I honestly think out of all 10 of these, this was probably the one that I struggled with the hardest. Really? Um, yeah, because him and Jonathan Taylor were the two people who, mm-hmm. who are in contention for that position, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I went with real, um, and that was before the PJ Walker news. Uh, but then I looked at Sam Darnold, and for four straight weeks he hasn't surpassed, uh, I think, 175 passing yards. So there's really they've hit the bottom of this offense. Yeah, and like just think of uh, th- think of the quarterbacks that McCaffrey has played with. Last year Teddy was okay, and obviously it wasn't very many games. But before that, it's not like there's ever been uh, much competency surrounding yeah. his production in, in Carolina. But I went with real because there's such a ceiling to CMC that, I mean, we just know he has like 40 point outings just routinely. Uh, but I'm going to give some love to Jonathan Taylor because there's a non-zero mm-hmm. chance. If like McCaffrey pops up on the injury report in four weeks, the Panthers are like, we're out of contention. Our entire team is, you know, we don't have our starting quarterback we traded for. We're just going to shut him down. And I think with Jonathan Taylor, he is such an essential piece of that offense. You're going to have him going through into the playoffs plus, and, really two things you don't want to compare, but the Colts offense is just so much better than the Panthers. There's more touchdown equity to be had Mm -hmm. for Jonathan Taylor. So I would probably trade any player on my roster for CMC, except for Jonathan Taylor, but I still think CMC is the one I would prefer to have. I agree with you. I said real, and I also agree. It's like a 1A, 1B situation between those two. Um, Outside of those two, it's like uh, Dalvin Cook. There's kind of a lot going on uh, with Dalvin Cook at the moment that we're really not going to get into until we – we know more, and even when we do, we don't really talk about that kind of stuff too much on the show, but just even the fantasy, you know, fallout. We we know nothing. Yeah, as, well, 29 as, players have COVID. We don't know how that affects that team for That, that well, not have COVID, but they had 20, like contacts. a bunch of guys that were close contacts that had to get tested. Yeah. Um and, and then like Aaron Jones uh is another contender. You've got no Rogers for another week, which just that one week of of No Rogers again, most likely at least. Um, at the time of of this recording, that is probably going to put him behind the eight ball we you're talking about from this point on, I think. So it's between McCaffrey and Taylor. I'm going real just like you. You know, McCaffrey, they for once were actually a little bit wise with his usage this last week. And not that this is what it should always be, but they actually, God forbid, eased him back into action here a little bit. He had 18 touches, which is still... A lot, like for Jonathan Taylor, 18 touches is like close to a season high. So that's the other thing that's a difference between McCaffrey and Taylor is the volume is just there for McCaffrey. But he only played about half the snaps and his opportunity was about 44% um, rushes plus targets. So, you know, I and I just think it's only going to go up from here. We're not going to see the same old Christian McCaffrey, like 30 total touches every week, I don't think. But you mentioned his ceiling. I think his floor is what puts him here for me. He's I mean, he had 12 points last week when they scored six points. He had no touchdowns. He played half the snaps and he still has 12 points. So he he's just gonna get you 20 to 25 points almost every week when he's playing his usual or close to his old usual workload. I think. So I think that's the difference maker between he and Taylor right now for me. and then you mentioned the backup. Obviously, uh, Sam Darnold out with the the scapula injury, uh, the part of the body that we all know because we watched Spongebob when we were children. (laughs) Um, I will say, and I actually think I made this comment, I don't remember if it was just to Johnny or just in our group, but it was when Johnny was talking to me, that a Thunder player had that same injury last year and was out for like six to eight weeks. So I was like, I bet you Darnold's going to be out for a while. And so right now it's for the six weeks. It could end up just being the rest of the season for Darnold, quite frankly. Uh, So yeah, whether it's Walker, whether it's another guy they bring in, the quarterback situation isn't good. I I don't know if we can really know if that means more dump offs from McCaffrey, if that means less efficiency, how that balances out that that's all hard to know. But just consistency wins the day for for McCaffrey here for me. Yeah. And I mean, it's probably going to go down in history. Skipping on Mac Jones and Justin Fields is just a horrific misfire by this Panthers team. Yeah. I mean, even I mean, Mac Jones. Ima- imagine, like- imagine signing up for a year of Sam Darnold. Like yeah. you, weren't, you weren't forced into it. Like you went out of your way and made moves to make it happen. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just not looking good, and. I mean, Chris McCaffrey is really the only bright spot on this team. So good. I've never heard of a team calling the running back to ensure him. He's not being discussed in trade talks for Deshaun Watson, like a perennial league MVP. They're like, listen, you're you're the only bright spot on this offense right now, so we want to make sure you're doing well. Unfortunately, Robbie Anderson can't catch the ball, and DJ Moore can't do anything when our quarterback can't throw over 150 yards a week. Yeah, and it's funny with McCaffrey. It's like when you look at like EPA, like expected points added, like just over the last like decade or so, it's like Jamal Charles, like that guy mattered. And like now, like Christian McCaffrey, he really matters. Other than that, it's pretty, pretty dicey. Even, even all the other great ones don't really add that much in that category. But yeah. Okay. We can move on to boy weird team of the week. Uh Denver Broncos just destroyed the Cowboys in, in a game where nobody saw that coming. And right now, it's funny on this offense you have you have like five guys five or six guys that we kind of want to start, but I don't think anyone thinks their offense is good. So let's look at those pass catchers specifically the receivers. you've got Jerry Judy, you've got Cortland Sutton and you've got Tim Patrick Dalton real or fake. all three of those guys should be thought of as wide receiver threes with upside every week. I'm going with fake. Uh, And I went ahead and just ordered them and how I think about them. I think Jerry Judy is a wide receiver Mm two, And then I think Tim Patrick is a wide receiver three with upside. And I have Cortland Sutton as a wide receiver four. See, that's Um, interesting because I I, I have Judy, wide receiver two, same as you. He lined up in his first week back. It was like almost 90% of the snaps out of the slot. I'm sure it was the same this last week. He's going to be the consistent targets guy, the floor guy, and he's obviously a great player, can score touchdowns, all that. And then I was gonna ask uh, Sutton or Patrick who you who you see as better. I actually would take Sutton because I think I think Patrick might be more consistent. I think Sutton's gonna have more blow up games, or at least more capable of, of that. If we're just talking like overall points from here to the rest of, to, to the rest of the season. So my big issue, and the reason I I put it this way, is that. Sutton has largely, in his entire career, he's operated out of being the prime guy, being the, the alpha, and having a large target share, a large air yard share, and all of that. And Tim Patrick has largely made his givings on like four catches a game for that is 50 true. yards and a touchdown. Tim, Pat- Tim Patrick is literally the king of four for 50 and a touchdown. Yeah. The last two weeks, um, Cortland Sutton has had 12 and 11% of the team's total air yards, after week four, he led the NFL in air yards, and that's why he was looking so good. Mm-hmm. I just think that's because he had like the one week, like week two, where he had like 200. Yeah, he had, like something ridiculous. I, I mean, I think in the offseason, when you looked at this offense, it was pretty clear that Cortland Sutton looked like the odd man out because of how Bridgewater plays football. And now with all of his weapons back, it looks like Bridgewater's not going to over target him because he doesn't get separation. He's a big contested ball guy. And Jerry Judy running these short routes, Noah Fant going over the middle, just seemed to be more of what he's looking for. And then Tim Patrick just gets his because he is probably the most underrated wide receiver for it in the NFL. I, the guy, even last season, I think to end the year was like a top yeah. twenty wide receiver the last four or five weeks. I just I would not trust Cortland Sutton in my lineup. He probably should have been a sell high when we did that, but I really underestimated that Jerry Judy would do what he's done in his last two weeks, he has 33 and 32% of the team's targets. I mean, he he's the alpha in the offense. And Mm -hmm. I think Corlton Sutton's the biggest loss. Yeah. So I, I agree with basically everything you said, just except I would, like I said, I would flip flop Patrick and Sutton. I think it's really close. I mean, if you look at just the season long up until this point, about halfway through it's 28, that's where Cortland Sutton is. And 29 that's Tim Patrick. If you're looking at wide receivers, so they have basically been equals. They've they've both played every game this year. So there's like no injury that, that has evened it out uh, between those two by any means. I just, again, the weekly upside with Sutton, I think he has a better chance to, to boom more often than Patrick, even though Patrick was the one who, I mean, it was 16 points. It wasn't like crazy, but he was the one who had the big game this last week. I, I think Judy's the consistent one. And I think those guys are going to go back and forth, those other two, um, on on who is actually startable in that given week. And I just have – I have more faith that Sutton's startable games are bigger than Patrick's startable games. Yeah, and I think the difference in opinion we have there is I just think that Sutton has a floor of like two points, and I think Tim Patrick just does more with less. And so I just feel a little more confident slating him in as like my, my flex or wide receiver knowing I have a floor of like five or eight points at least. Well, where were you last week when I needed you to tell me to start Tim Patrick to, to win my matchup this last week? Uh, unfortunately, I did not expect what we saw. Um, I don't know what some of these teams did off their buys, including the Denver or the Baltimore Ravens it's and really? the Dallas Cowboys. It, Absolutely horrible management. And and the concern, it's like you know, before that game, the Broncos had just looked so lifeless for for so long. And they traded Von Miller. So it's like, okay, they're done on this done for the season. Like they're 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 really clearly not trying to compete for the playoffs anymore. But then it's like, well, they held on to Teddy Bridgewater because they still want to compete for the playoffs. They just couldn't pass up the formula. It's like, okay, whatever. But then they go out and they just obliterate the Cowboys. And that Cowboys defense has been very good all year. You know, my logic behind not starting Patrick, and I'm sure many other people's logic behind not starting him or maybe even Cortland Sutton this last week is it's just it hasn't mattered if the Broncos have got down. They they have not – even when they're coming from behind, they just never produce. There, the is such, <laughs> there, there is just such a thing as, you know, a team gets behind and the garbage time just never comes. That's why it's not a a predictable way to, to make your decisions. And so that's what I thought was going to happen. Now we're talking about starting five, maybe six guys on that offense every week with the running backs, Noah Fant, and three receivers. It's just it, it's just not fun to think about, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, speaking of things that have not been fun to think about lately, Patrick Mahomes, um, you should run, not walk, to buy low on Patrick Mahomes. And I will start um, with this one. I'm going to say it's real. I still think you should buy low on Mahomes. You know, we were talking about where he's ranked on all these different sites earlier today. It's like QB7, QB8, QB9. I mentioned that Harris had him QB12. That was the lowest I've seen him anywhere really that I've looked. And, you know, I mean, the people that have him ranked, you know, 7, 8, 9, like he's QB7 on the season. So it's like it's not unfair since he really he struggled uh, over the last couple of weeks. But here's the thing. It was a bad two weeks against the Giants and the Titans. I, I think the Giants game, that was probably the worst I've ever seen him play, I think. Um, but then if you look at last week, I think if you, and we talked about this today in our group, if you look a little closer, if you dig a little deeper past the, the talking head discussion point, uh, which is all Mahomes, Mahomes is broken. I think actually there's there's been quite a, there, I've seen a couple of like film guys write stories today where it's like, actually, Mahomes played pretty well. Like, it wasn't great. It wasn't, like, his best game, like, one of his 10 best games by any means. But, like, he played well. He should not have had fewer passing yards than Jordan Love uh, last week. And he, frankly, he had a couple plays that I'm sure he would want back, but Kelsey had a drop or two. Like, Tyree Kill slips on a third down. Nicole Harbin has a drop. Josh Gordon has a drop. There were multiple plays where, like, Dump down the Darrell Williams. He gets stuffed at the goal line to like maybe a more explosive back scores on that play because he can get to the corner. Like McKinnon gets manhandled on that third and short where they have to punt. It's like you can point to a lot of other things that weren't his fault. And he definitely made, made some better throws. And the biggest thing with him is that, and this is something that Seth Kaiser mentioned in his um story where he chart every snap. He didn't chart a single snap where Patrick Mahomes had happy feet, basically where he got moving when he shouldn't in the pocket. And when he's struggling, that's like issue number one for him, is doing too much with his feet when he shouldn't be, and and missing throws, either just accuracy, the accuracy's not there, or he bails on a pocket when he shouldn't, and then you just take away half the field, even with as good as Storm talent is. So I, with all that said, I'm still buying. I'm not sure if you get, like, number one quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, because I still think there are some issues that exist that are – it's unclear how quickly those get resolved or if they do this year. Like, maybe Odell Beckham is on the Chiefs by the time people hear this podcast. But if he's not, you know, there's still a wide receiver two problem on that offense right now. Like, they're clearly still having problems with two deep safety. It's like they probably get that part figured out eventually, but to what extent remains to be seen. So yeah, I'm I'm still saying a bye. I think he's gonna be like a more like a top three quarterback rest of the way. And you could probably get him, you know, paying like QB eight, QB nine, like trade value right now. Oh no, top three. <laughs> um, I am also running no surprise here to get Patrick Mahomes if possible. I mean, you said a lot of it that there were two very bad games, including the Titans game where you're like you know, that that's the floor. But at the same time... But the Titans game was just like, okay, he doesn't want to check down ever, and he really needs to. The Giants yeah. game was just, he just flat out played bad. Yeah. But, I mean, he's back to throwing, you know, intermediate balls, and he's throwing them shorter and letting his playmakers do what he used to do. But what's really important to me is I think Andy Reid is probably one of the best offensive coaches in the NFL, and I don't think a defensive scheme that's been around in the NFL for 40-odd years is really going to be that preventable in containing this Chiefs offense. We have two games till they have their bye. Um, Anybody who's been a Chiefs fan or, for that matter, an Eagles fan under Andy Reid know that he's probably one of the best coaches out of the bye, and I think we come back with a little cleaner look of this offense Mm -hmm. the positives are the offensive line is playing at a very very close to elite level in both pass and run blocking the issues really have been on the receivers Patrick Mahomes is the third most dropped quarterback in the NFL right now it's not all on Patrick Mahomes and like even his reliable guys like Tyreek Hills had a couple drops but more than that with Hill it's like the guy needs uh, a new cleat deal very badly, yeah. apparently, because he he can't stay standing on, on half his routes, it seems like yeah. this year. And then even Kelsey, the, the tweet before the game was like, you know, Kelsey had gone like, you know, whatever, like 60 something straight targets without drop. What do you know? He drops a, a 15, 20 yard pass uh, over the middle. The yeah. Day. Well, I mean, even last week, um, I know Mahomes only scored 10 points last week, but Tyreek Hill pulled up on a deep ball that was probably going to be a touchdown if Hill kept going. And then the Miko drop was. I mean, it was what it was. It was a very bad drop by Hardman and probably could have resulted in some positive points. I don't it, was, think... it was a short game, but it, it killed the drive, yeah. Yeah. I mean, going forward, you get the Raiders. I don't think that's a difficult game. And then you get the Cowboys, who I mean, we will find out what that yeah, looks we, like. We, who um, knows at this point. <laughs> but coming out of the bye, Kansas City has three straight divisional games. And, I mean, I really think that's where Mahomes – is going to show that he's an elite player because that's where you win those games. I think that he turns it up and plays those games. Well, I mean, right now, if I offered you Jalen hurts for Patrick Mahomes, would you do it in fantasy? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Jalen and, hurts is the QB two right now. Right. And the thing that gives me confidence outside of just Mahomes has number one, he has a track record of being great, obviously, but number two, like it's not like he hasn't been great this year. Like early in the season. Yeah. There were some turnovers, a couple of them, his fault. A majority of them were off the guy's shoulder pads, or like the Tyree guy Hill slips and falls. T- in the Tyree kill slips and falls, or ball literally goes through Tyree kills chest like Madden glitch style and gets picked six against the Bills. Or the Bills defensive end makes one of the best picks I think you'll see all year in that game too. That there were a lot of those, and outside of the turnovers, like he was playing arguably his best football like in the first like four or five weeks it was the defense that was laying them down and the turnovers that that really started at the end of that baltimore game like it's not like they weren't a fire breathing dragon at one point this season did they get yeah. back to that not sure but i still think it's going to be a lot better than it is right now i like to bet on things that we know are true and not things that we think are true well I don't know if I know really anything is true anymore at this point in football, but I think I know that that is true. We'll see. Um, boy. And then that, that just leads <laughs> beautifully right into this next one here. Uh, James Connor. Uh, Dalton James Connor is a league winner with chase has been the to miss time with an ankle sprain. And then even of course, after he comes back, Connor's flipping still been awesome. So is he a league winner from this point forward, real or fake? It's real. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> we're gonna go four of, for four in agreeing here. We're gonna get uh, to a disagreement one of these times. I think the next one might be. But first of all, I mean, I was on the James Conner train last year. Full disclosure: this, I was just a year too early. Um, <laughs> but he, he leads. Oh yeah, I guess he worked. Yeah, I was. And he lost. Yeah, I did lose. Um, That's right. But I mean, he leads the league in uh, rushing touchdowns. Last week, with no Edmonds, he played 77% of the snaps and had 19% of the team's targets and all uh, attempts inside the five. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing for me. I'm saying real, too, uh, as I gave away a minute ago. He had five targets all season before last week, no Edmonds uh, for most of that game, and he gets five targets in that game alone. So he'd already been doing like pretty awesome for you without any passing game rule. Now he's workhorse James Conner. Well, talk about a weird game where I mean in a division game, the San Francisco 49ers can't beat Colt McCoy. Uh not only can they not beat him, they got their face shoved in the turf by Colt yeah. McCoy. It's 31 to 7 at one point. Yeah, uh, Colt McCoy actually outscored uh both Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen last week, if you're <laughs> if you want to know how weird it was. Uh but also Kyler Murray's gonna be back, but this is starting to have shades of last year on it again. This ankle injury looks like it's keeping him out a little bit. I have a feeling his rushing upside is really going to be capped, and they're probably going to want to use James Conner a little more and keep Murray in the pocket because just like with his shoulder injury last year, they're probably going to play a little more conservative with him in an attempt to cover for it. And it's just always it's it's very concerning when a smaller guy who runs a lot has this ankle injury that's already kept out a week, and mm-hmm. it looks like this week is up in the air. So, I mean, James Conner's got the shoulder of the load, and somehow this offense still produces, and it's a top five NFL offense, and you want a, a workhorse in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing for me. I, I don't have too much more to add. But like I said, we're going to get workhorse James Conner until um, Edmonds is back. And then even when he is back, like, I don't really – like, Conner played great last week. And, like, I, I think Conner is probably better than Edmonds. Um just as a pure running back, maybe they've been splitting the work so much because they want to keep Connor healthy for one in his career. And that really is the biggest concern if you're talking about fantasy with Connor is just can he stay healthy? Because he really has never proven he can stay healthy for a very long stretch. Do you, in, think, in uh, do you think James Connor will hit his over this year now? Yeah, he's <laughs> he hitting that over. I think he already hit it, didn't he? No, his over was 600. And I think yeah. he's at like four hundred something right now. So he's also, he he leads the NFL in in touchdowns this year. It's just been what, what 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 great a great fantasy Connor. season. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing with Connor, it's like I feel like you're probably gonna listen to some other podcasts where it's like, well, you know, he's really not having that great of a year. Like his yards are low, his yards per carry are low, his touchdowns are carrying him. It's like, well it's not easy to have a high yards per carry when you're running inside the three and five yard line so much, right? Yeah, Like, like your yards per carry can be great when you're getting all the goal to go touches. I don't like almost ever they're back in the NFL, except like Najee Harris. He gets every single touch inside the five. Yes. And just uh, before we move on uh, a little interest in stashing Eno Benjamin, if you're in a deeper redraft league, if something were to happen to Connor and Edmund doesn't back yet, uh, Eno could be, could be fun. And, I, I've been a, a member of Eno Hive for quite some time. It's been a, been a very depressing hive for the last couple of years. But, but we'll see. If you've got the spot, I don't mind the Eno Benjamin stash. Mike Williams, Dalton. So this is where you think we are going to disagree. We shall see. Mike Williams, real or fake, is no longer a must start. I'll go first here. And I'm saying that's real. Here's the thing. This is basically, I have two points to make here, short and sweet. This is from Matt Harmon, word for word from his, you know, recap uh, of the week earlier this week. He says, Charles Davis mentioned on the broadcast that the team knows Williams is not 100% healthy. So great, Mike Williams is hurt. What wonderful, like what wonderful, who who could have seen this coming? But he also says, and that and that's been since week five. That is also a huge part of the problem, but the bigger issue is that the Chargers have also had the alter Williams' role. Williams had a routine 10.2 average depth of target that showed he was getting the full field usage weeks one through four. His A dot is up to 14.1 since week five, which basically puts him back in that old boom or bust Mike Williams type of role. And that, that along with just the fact that he's playing banged up, that is why I'm saying he's no longer a must-start, am I probably – starting him probably so yeah but like you could easily have a team where he is on the chopping block he's on that flex chopping block and there are other guys you're considering every week in my opinion like say you had a michael carter who was not drafted as a starter you have two good running backs and like you have a pretty good team who are you choosing at your flex spot between those two like i think i'm choosing carter you know 10 times out of 10 in that situation since week five, which is the the week of uh, the line of delineation with, with his health apparently. So you've got one bye week and then three games since then he has five targets and two catches in each of those games. One game, he went 58 yards this last week. That's because he had a 49 yard gain. He has no touchdowns and he's been below 30 yards in the other two games. I feel like we're back to Michael Williams as, Bo- as Mr. Boomer bust. And I, That is definitely not a must-start in my opinion. So we do disagree. I have it as a fake. So the first thing, I think it's fine to nix the entire Baltimore game from his record. He only played 36% of the team snaps. I mean, the starters hardly played that game. They were getting blown out so bad in the second half. Um, But for me, he's still a must-start because he has such a – he has a weak winning potential every week. Uh, He's still – in the last three weeks, so even if you include – the Baltimore week where he played thirty six percent of the team snaps, he still has twenty one percent of the team's total targets and thirty four percent of the team's air yards. And inside yeah, the again, five, that, that's because he's just getting all the. He's not. He's but, not doing the all field stuff anymore. But it, I mean, that's where you want a lot of your points are coming from from him. And then well, but I, I think what in the red zone, so he still but, has thirty eight percent of the team's targets when it comes to Justin Herbert dropbacks. That's thing, a, the, almost fifty percent. Of his, tar- of the team's red zone targets are going to one guy. That's the the a thing ton that of the, points. the thing that made him so good the first you know four or five weeks was it was like holy crap like what have they been doing with Mike Williams this whole time like they are using him all over the field and he is bawling out that is not happening whether or not it's injury related or just I don't know the Chargers changing the plan I, I'm not sure that that's my biggest concern I the volume it's there but that's that's low percentage like that that's just not trustable I mean I, it, it, I mean has Mike Williams been trustable on a week-to-week basis his whole career because that's been his type of volume his whole career except for the first month of the I season. mean a 14 per, a 14 a dot is not like deep in the field it's past the first down marker that's an intermediate route not a deep route that we were used to Mike Williams running his whole career yeah but it's not like he's getting a twenty a dot like he had last season He's getting a lot better. Those are intermediate routes still, and he's getting red zone targets, which are very important to fantasy production. And he converts a few of those, and suddenly he's back to yeah. You know, he was also two. two he, he was also two touchdowns twice, one touchdown, two other games in the first month too. So it, it's not a surprise that like his touchdowns have kind of come back to earth in the last to, to nothing. I know, but he's we basically just said regressed we're not all end. the way back to where. To where to where he you know it's like now it's evened out now he's like about where he should be touchdowns. I know, but we just said we're not gonna you know nix James Conner because he gets all the inside the five work. And am not the same I'm, I'm not, story for. I'm not I'm not Williams. nixing him. I'm just making the point that like his touchdowns were crazy. Now they're the exact opposite. So he's probably like about where where he should be at. I think like that. Like this is probably like about the right number. If you well, just grabbing mean, the wide game receiver with... 16, then would still be a must start if that's the right number. Well, yeah, okay, but again, just the last the last month it, it has not been that. Absolutely. But I mean, one of those games he didn't even play for the majority of the game. And then the other two, he's still getting his good targets. I mean, there's no wide receiver in the NFL who's but he's only had five he's only had five targets each of the last three weeks. It's not like he's getting a ton of not like he's getting peppered. Yeah, but he's still leading the team in air yards in those three weeks. Yeah, because his because his A dot is again his A dot has gone much higher in in the last. I mean, month. fourteen yards isn't a crazy A dot, but compare, uh, compared to ten, that's a big jump. Fourteen that's, to ten, It's that's four a big yards. Jump. It's not crazy. That's just that's, past the sticks. That's a big jump in in A dot. Four yards is a big difference in A dot. And I mean, that's what you want out of a boom player like Mike Williams, who's going to provide. He's a boom or bust flex every week. Yeah, but I mean, I would still put him in the must start category. I disagree. I, 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 like I said, I think I would like on most teams. I'm still probably starting him, but he's no like must start. A must start to me is a top twenty four guy, no doubt. I. I, have my, I, I don't think he's a top 24 guy, no doubt, rest of season. I definitely think he still is. i well, mean, like to make a bet from week – what are we on? This is week 10? Week 10 we'll, – we'll go to week 17, and we won't count week 18. Week 10 to week 17, I say Mike Williams is not a top 24 receiver. And I'll say he is. All right. I'm glad we have one disagreement because we we were, like, all the way on the same page last week, and we were well on track to that this week. I think we've been that way for a couple of weeks. <laughs> All right, Hollywood Brown. Um Dalton, is he a top 12 wide receiver rest of season? Is that real or fake, Hollywood being a top 12 receiver the rest of the season? I did not want to do real on this one um after what he did to us but, last season. But what did you do? I went with real. Um, <laughs> you know, th- the thing is, everybody... Has said that Hollywood Brown is not a wide receiver one, and I think this season's proved it in all of the wrong ways because he's playing so much better with all of the help that the Ravens have gotten around him. I think some of his better, as yeah, far as but, like the know, underlying he, stats, a, lo- a lot of that like they have not really had their full complement. Like, is this going to be the first game that Watkins, Bateman, and Hollywood have all played together this upcoming week? It will be, but. When they had Watkins mm-hmm, and Brown sure. early in the season. And Brown they've had Bateman last. They've they've, all, yeah. they've basically always had one of Watkins or Bateman and then Hollywood. So it's not like they've had nobody. And the one week, uh, this is funny because I wrote this down, the one week they had neither Watkins or Bateman was the Chargers game where Mar- Hollywood Brown had his lowest scoring game of the season at five and a half points, mm-hmm. which I think, I don't know how they're using him in the offense. I didn't look that deep. But I think when they have Bateman or Watkins in, they kind of spread Hollywood in better positions and he gets less of these coverages. Last week, a lot of his points did come in kind of like a weird garbage time situation where the Ravens weren't really uh, playing that well. But again, I mean, the guy is the wide receiver six on the season post-buy. I just, I just think he's a weekly top 12 wide receiver the rest of the year because his talent's there. So I've got this as fake, and and this was a tough one for me as well. Not not a slam dunk either way. You mentioned I think I have him as YC five and eight games. Whatever he he's top six. We'll we'll put it that way. He's been super good. I think he's definitely gotten better um, since last season. And, you know, he was even after being so terrible to start the season, he was good to end the season last year, and then obviously has been awesome this year. It's not been the perfect situation, but it's been pretty good. So, uh, what we have to consider with the Ravens, just as a whole, they've gone the overtime three times this year. So he's he's gotten basically three extra quarters. To play. So like he's had his bye week, but he's also almost played a whole extra game. <laughs> so it's like kind of evened out in that regard at least. So that's just kind of a weird like I was looking at their schedule like holy cow. They they have played three overtime games and they've gone like deep in the overtime, I, I think in all three of those games. Obviously, everyone remembers the, the Raiders game early in the season. So, and then obviously, I know this because I was very closely watching his score last week when I was playing against Eli. If they don't go to overtime this last week, he's more like wide receiver ten on the season because he had like six or seven points in overtime, which they all count and they were huge. You know, it was huge catches and yards for them, but he just played a lot of extra football. So, so there is that that's kind of boosting him at least a little bit. The other thing that that also explains like how they are doing this and the team is still leading the NFL in rushing yards per game, 161 yards a game, still tops in the NFL, basically on the back of Lamar Jackson and whichever of those hodgepodge running backs they, they happen to be giving the ball to. That not named Tyson. <laughs> not not named Tyson Williams. A uh, lot, lot of old washed up guys. But I also think they've actually – they're a team that consistently the last couple of years – They don't really play from behind. They played from behind multiple times this year. I'd be surprised. Like They've had two big comeback wins um, against the Chiefs. And then was it just this last? Yeah, they were losing to the Vikings big just this last week. So that's not really something I expect to happen much, if at all, again, the rest of the season. Like they're pretty much either playing with a lead or even game script most of the time. So I think there's that. Like Lamar is still on the bottom third in the NFL in passing attempts. Now he has had his bye. So there is that weighing him down. But it's not like the volume has been, even with all this extra football and come from behind, like the volume's not been crazy for that passing game. And the main hang up for me is number one, we, we mentioned earlier betting on things that have a track record. Hollywood does not have this track record. He has a track record of of hurting us. Um, Very badly last year. And then he was, you know, okay as a rookie, but not like a a starter, every week starter type of guy. And I just, I worry about Rashad Bateman cutting into that more and more as the season goes along. They've played three games together. The targets have been 31 20 in favor of Hollywood. Now, I'm not saying Bateman is going to like make that dead even or overtake him. But I think he's going to continue to close that gap. I mean, he's played three games in his career. His first three games is 31-20. And obviously you have Mark Andrews, who, who's a target guy too. But Dalton, I, long-term, who's the better receiver between those two players? I think it might be Rashad Bateman. I think Bateman might be the best NFL receiver on that roster. And not to say he's the best fantasy guy this year, but I just I worry about being so excited about Hollywood Brown but i don't know if he's the best receiver long term on this team. I mean, i do think Bateman is the better NFL wide receiver, but i think Hollywood Brown is the better fantasy wide receiver at least this year. And i and yeah. I, i'm not and, and i'm not going to dispute that, but i just worry that because Bateman is that talented and and Hollywood maybe being good to very good but not great i just think there's more and more room for bateman to get more involved as we go on so that along with the lack of a track record those are my hang-ups with hollywood what do you think i just think he is better operating as a secondary wide receiver and that he has the skills to let himself to that and the other thing that i i just looked at have you looked at the top 12 wide receivers in fantasy right now it is like i don't want to i mean At number five, you have – okay, number three is Jamar, and then number four is Debo, five is Corderell Patterson. and Maybe that's why you had – Oh, yeah, Corderell's not even included in the receivers on on this list. He's RB7 uh, on what I'm looking at. You got Michael Pittman at 10 and Robert Woods at 12. I mean, those – and then 13 and 14 are DJ Moore and Mike Williams, who have just been – I mean, gigantic disappointments – the last three games well, like we and, and, talked that, about. and that's the other thing, right, is it's like on top of me being a little unsure about Hollywood, it's like I think like you look at just like the 10, the 20, or even like the 15, the 20 range. You've got McLaurin. You've got Amari Cooper. You've got Hopkins. You've got CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson. Like, I Stephon think Diggs. Like Stephon Diggs is 22 on what I'm looking at. Like to me, I would take I think all of those guys – over hollywood the rest of the way and it's like that that's where i struggle too it's like you look at because if you're gonna call him top 12 you have you know i'm just looking and it's like i have a tough time taking him over these guys that i've just seen do it time and time again i know well and that's part of where i struggle i mean aj brown's outside the top 12 for mm-hmm. partly for injury um but i just i just think the rest of the season they get done and i really question how much they can continue to rush the ball the way they are with the players they're trying to run the ball with i mean you can't tell me latavius murray Devonte freeman Le'Veon bell or some three-headed monster that nfl teams can't stop oh they're not but when you've got lamar jackson a quarterback he's gonna rack up yards himself and he's gonna take so much attention that the other guys can actually do a little bit with, with yeah Maybe if they started their better running back, we'd be in a better spot. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of running backs, let's go to the Washington football team. Dalton, we talked about this either a week or two ago, um, Antonio Gibson. We're, we're back on it. Uh, Antonio Gibson, real or fake, is no longer a must start. Now, I'll be curious, your definition of a must start here after we just had this uh, this little debate with Michael Williams. What, what, what are you thinking here? Real. Uh, definitely okay. can't trust this guy to start him uh last 3 weeks prior to the bye his top performance was 7 points uh snaps per game and none of those games did he exceed a threshold of 50% of the snaps of right. the and, and, and we mentioned it like he he dipped down below like 40% yeah. in in one or two games and then you're telling me he gets the bucks coming out of the bye and then he gets carolina who is the third best rush defense in the NFL i mean it's just if you have a back who's injured, like it's very clear Gibson is, you would expect them not to rush him and to use him as a receiver because, first of all, we know he can do it. He did it in college. And second of all, he's not going to take as much wear and tear. I mean, the Washington football team has just refused to do it. But you you can't start a player who's not getting opportunities and then he's getting like these really low opportunity chances. Like a first and 10 run is not a play that you're really going to bust for a big one. So there's no real way for me to, to trust Gibson because the opportunities he's getting aren't high, like aren't high fantasy point expectation opportunities. And then he's just not on the field enough to generate a volume play. Mm-hmm. So I am also saying this is real, not going to add too much more. If you want to listen to like our full Antonio Gibson freak out, that was either on on last week's show or the week before. I don't remember. Just go go, go look at our last couple episodes and you'll probably see it in the Oh, oh, he was a he was a sell. So the trade deadline. He was in the trade deadline show. So it was last week. So like I've looked around at ranks this week, and I see him and McKissick like basically back to back in like the running back like twenty three to like twenty nine range. And I really think that's what it should be. It's like basically just that's that that's the fantasy analyst way of just kind of shrugging. Like I don't know. Here's these two guys back to back can't tell you which one's going to be better. And I just think that's correct. We talked about all the Gibson injury stuff, the the usage, uh, the lack of snaps, but especially with the usage, it's just a big concern where the injuries are a week-to-week concern and obviously a big-picture concern, but even week-to-week, you just don't know what you're going to get in a given week with this snap count. And then the other concern is just the passing game stuff. Like He's just not getting in there on passing downs, and guess what? they're a bad team. Bad teams fall behind. Bad teams who fall behind have to pass the ball. And even on a good team that hurts your ceiling, but on a team like this where he can just straight up be not much of a factor for, you know, a whole quarter of a game, like you just there's a lot of potential problems, a lot of things that can go wrong for you with this guy on a week to week basis. I get it if you can't get away from him. I truly do because running back is just always such a hellscape. And obviously this year is, it's no different. So if you have them, you probably have to start them. But if you have, if you have that whole backfield,
1: probably might, starting McKinney, I
0: might start McKinney. I mean, if you're, if you're in a standard league, it's Gibson, but anything where receptions get you any kind of points, it's There's really just close. Floor. And it's a safer floor. It depends on what you need in your lineup. It, it's not a one size fits all between those two, but if you're shooting for upside, you go McKissick if you just are like, okay, I really need 11 points. Like, I think McKissick is your guy. Yeah, I think so too. And not even to mention it seems they like Jarrett Patterson and they're trying to mix him in on those early downs, just unfortunate. Yeah. Who I mean that that could be a direct result of Gibson's just not yeah. right. That that's probably what that is. And it would probably just be better for all parties involved if he were. Put out of his misery, um, so to speak, and just kind of <laughs> shut down the rest of the way, not not put through the rest of this bad season, and also just gets healthy. Obviously, he had the toe injury last year, and it just never quite got right, I guess, the whole – because I, like, I don't think he really re-injured it that I remember them saying. I think it's just a nagging thing that got worse I, well he I also has a like hairline that. fracture in one of his shins i think yeah, is the he's, other got, issue. He's, he's got the shin that he's dealing with for sure just a very unfortunate situation if you were looking at him and ceh in the second round and you drafted <laughs> either of them congratulations <laughs> yeah at least ceh you have some hope he comes back and oh maybe since teams are daring the chiefs to run the ball every play maybe ceh is is good the rest of the way we'll see that when i see that all right <laughs> brandon <laughs> I, you? Ooh, talk about, believe it when you see it, Dalton. But Brandon <laughs> Ayuk has put himself back into the weekly start category. Is this real or is this fake? Uh, man, couldn't help myself from putting this on there. And man, did I put fake. Um, okay, good. Me too. I will say, this is fake on its way to being real, but it's still fake right now. Yeah, I mean, first of all, and I sent the tweet, TJ Hernandez put out a very small sample size, but Jimmy Garoppolo is a QB1 over the last two weeks, which... Again, if you need any better indicator of how every like rule <laughs> we've held ourselves as fantasy analysts, I mean, this just proves the point that this is just the weirdest season I've seen in a long time. Yeah, and, then- well, and just you know, QB won the last two weeks. Sure, that that that's fine and dandy. Uh, what he doesn't mention is they got down thirty-one to seven, and then that's where Garoppolo and company had most of their production. Like Ayuk had I made mean, a couple plays before that. But he made his day with the touchdown late in the game when the Cardinals yeah. were like, yeah, go ahead. We don't care. We just don't want anybody to get hurt. And the week prior, that's how he made his day. He cut a touchdown. Uh, and then I don't think he had a touchdown, but I think he yeah, had two like Two weeks four- ago, maybe it was, he cut a touchdown. Some week, I'm sure, he caught a touchdown. Uh, but uh, Kittle only played 67% of snaps. Once he's back in full-time, he's above the pecking order. Debo was banged up with the calf injury. They didn't know if he was going to play going into it. Uh, and just last but not least, I just have it in bold – I mean, just Kyle Shanahan, just plain and simple. Just, it, can he get fired already? Like between him and Matt Nagy, there's just some very frustrating coaching decisions being made in the NFL. And th- I mean, this guy is at the top of it. You draft the guy first overall, you hardly play him. You yell about him not playing well. He plays well, you still don't play him. And I just, I, next week, there's a very good chance we see Trent Sherfield out for 90% of the snaps and Brandon Ayuk plays 42%. At some point, you know, he keeps putting all these guys he drafts high in the doghouse. Maybe just start drafting the right guys then or guys that you're not going to get, you know, that that you don't feel like you have to have the short of a leash with. I don't know, man, but it, it's just getting it, – it's just ridiculous with Shanahan. Here's the thing with Ayuk, and he, here's why it's fake going on real for me. So week nine, which is like, I don't know, the first week and who knows how long that Ayuk, Kittle, and Debo have all played together. It was 63% of the team's targets were those three guys. Like, that's what we thought would be all season. Even when they were all three there early in the season, obviously, Ayuk was like nine on the field. Ayuk, like I said, made a player too early, but really made his day late in the game when they were losing by a lot. But still, like, it was enough. And it was the first time he'd really shown much life all season to where my timeline was very excited about what Brian Ayuk was doing late, late in that game. So, like, he's on the way to being trustable, but there's just no shot I can throw him back in my lineup after one week of very good production. After, If you have him on your team, how many times has he burned you this year? You started him week one, he literally got you zero points. (laughs) And you probably started him again week two, and he got you like one point. And then you probably took a couple weeks off, and then he had his one game with a touchdown, and you threw him back in there, and then what'd he do? Probably scored like two points. Like He's probably burned you three, four times. This year, you've probably never started him in a game where he's actually produced. There's he's, a small chance you dropped him. And yeah, else he, him. he he very easily could be a guy that you picked up on waivers. Which, if that's the case, then really don't go out of your way to start him yet. Let him let him produce for you for another week or two before you throw him out there. Like The good thing with Ayuk, he actually leads the team in routes run. The last two weeks, he has 15 targets over that two week stretch. So like we're on our way, like we're getting there, but I've got to see him stay out of the doghouse for a little bit longer with Shanahan. And and also just the thing that makes me hesitant just to say, yep, it's real. Rest of the way, it's like, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is not good, but like Trey Lance, it's very hit or miss, the passing stuff with Trey Lance, if he ends up being the quarterback again this year. And that's just a, a whole nother Issue when it comes to trying to forecast what this offense will look like. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe Odell goes to San Francisco, so I can get (laughs) dropped down. That would just be icing on the cake of the Brandon Ayuk timeline. Hey, Odell wants a veteran quarterback who can win the playoffs. Jimmy G, baby, won a Super Bowl. Yeah, well, when you're looking at Trevor Simeon, I mean, you really know what you're doing, Odell. (laughs) I believe in you. Maybe Rodgers comes back from COVID in six weeks, and you can play one playoff game with him. Who knows? Johnny, you look like you want to speak. Nope. Okay. Nope. You're, you're you're listening very intently. Then I appreciate it very much. All right. I think. Oh, we've got two more. Two more, and then we're out of here. We're about the fifty minute mark. Let's get out of here in one hour, Dalton. Brandon, or no? we already talked about Brandon Ayuk? DeAndre Hopkins is no longer a top twelve weekly option. Not gonna lie. I didn't have a lot of time to prep for this one because you wanted to start the show early, and, and then we're late. <laughs> we're late to uh, late to the pre-show. I'm gonna let you leave this off. I know my answer is real. But no, my answer is fake. Sorry. He is still a top 12 weekly option for me. But I'm sure your answer is fake is what I'm going to guess. I, I want to hear your argument. Yeah, my answer is fake. And that's what I that's why I did. We started the show early, throw you off your balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, real smart on my part. Um, he He's outside the top 30 right now in target share of NFL wide receivers. And uh, Don't get me wrong. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins every week can finish in the top 12 because he just commands that as a, as a talent of a player. But he's just not in the top 12 weekly. Like, if I was setting rankings, he'd probably be like 14 or 15 in my weekly rankings. Um, And in part, because – and I alluded to this earlier in the James Conner talk. I am getting worried again that this offense is going to have a regression with Kyler Murray being banged up. I'm worried that they're going to start trying to run a more simplistic offense for DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray like they did the second half of last season. Everybody's seen – those horrific next gen charts of DeAndre Hopkins route running to mm-hmm. end last season, and that was because DeAndre Hopkins was limited, or sorry, Kyler Murray was limited, and uh, more importantly, they just have so many weapons on this team that the there's a real like spot chance that any player explodes. H.A. Green, for better or for worse, is somehow fantasy relevant, and more importantly, he's relevant in this mm-hmm. offense. He was and, out last week. But and, still- and- and I'm glad you mentioned that because that's why I think it's fake. And I think that he is a top 12 guy is I'm not sure if that offense as a whole is in for like major regression, maybe a little bit. I'm less worried about that than you. What I do think is don't make you defend AJ green. What I do think is the others are in for regression on that offense. And I think Hopkins is going to, is going to eat a little bit more down the stretch. Now, you know, I really, and I don't say this often, I really want to invoke uh, Donald Trump here and tell you this is a very unfair question, very nasty, very unfair, very nasty on your part because Hopkins is injured right now. He's had a million hamstring injuries in his career, and he's actually out with this one, missed a week. He's still day-to-day right now. So this is all health pending. It's it's very scary, but in one way or another not knowing that. But if he's healthy, I'm still taking him top 12 because he's just that good still. Yeah, I think he's still good. Um, I just really it's just hard for me to justify it when like all of the underlying uh statistics for him just don't lend it to him doing it and you're really relying on a on a hard edge efficiency for him. I mean well, so let let, let let's put it this way: since you think Hollywood is gonna be top 12 rest of season, like do you do, do you feel confident in saying Hollywood Brown is gonna be better from here on than DeAndre Hopkins? Yes, but also I don't think that's a fair assumption because he is injured right now. But, like, like, take. But you're the is, one that put this question. I know. Down. I know. Taking that is a really easy take because I mean Hopkins doesn't look like he's going to play this week or maybe even next. Well, then, um, well, well, we can. But okay, let's. I'll phrase it this way. Once healthy, once, once healthy, playing, once healthy, and assuming that Hollywood is still is healthy, obviously, do you think that Hollywood is a better? fantasy guy down the stretch than DeAndre Hopkins. I think your answer has to be yes, based on what you said, but that's just yes. But when, but when you phrase it that way, it's just, it's, it's real, it's a real tough pill to swallow. Well, it is because uh, I think that real life, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is miles ahead of Hollywood Brown, but I think just situations they're in and the craziness that is this the, NFL the, 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 the thing about situations is they change. I'm looking back at like la- Robbie Anderson was the wide receiver 13 last year at this point. I'm not, but we saying, all knew that was fake. I'm I'm not saying that Hollywood is Robbie Anderson, but I I'm just saying like you have top 12s like Tyler board was the what I don't know what he finished, but he was wide receiver 15 at this point last year. I find it hard to believe that he actually finished wide receiver 15. Um, no at the shame. end of the year, last Especially year, because Joe Burrow got injured. Yes, also that. But like the the bigger one, I was gonna save this for for the next guy. But Todd Gurley was the running back six at this point last year. So let let's again not not saying that this is Hollywood. I'm just saying that things can things can look quite differently at the end of the season than right now. Which is obviously that's why we're doing this because it we're we're trying to just we're trying to forecast what's gonna change and what's not the rest of the way here. But going back two years, there was that stretch going through the playoffs, even where Hollywood Brown for us, like I saw all eight weeks, was, I think, a top 10 wide receiver his rookie season. Mm-hmm. And that's why there, there is it, also a stretch of like seven years that DeAndre Hopkins is, has done that, too. Yeah. And I mean, all great things must come to an end. I would make this bet with you, but there's going to be so many qualifiers on when, Hop, you know, if Hopkins is back, when he's back, we'll revisit when Hopkins is like actually back um, and, <laughs> and see and see where we're at at some point. But I think that's an interesting um, inflection point, just kind of looking at those two guys. All right, the last guy here, you know, we had to mention Cordell Patterson. I left him off my list begrudgingly, but you put him on, and I came very close to him as well. So I can't blame you, Cordell Patterson. It's time to believe in this guy, Dalton. Is that real or fake? I'll start uh, this off. I'll start this off. I, I want probably, you to. I want you to carefully read the question before you go. But it's go time. Ahead. To, well, okay. Believe can mean a lot of different things. Do I believe he's going to be the RB seven in two months? No. But do I believe in Daryl Patterson? Yeah, I think I do, and I really hate it. I, I really hate it, but I do. There's just no situation this year where he hasn't been able to produce. Falcons are ahead. He he can run the ball. Falcons are losing. He can catch the ball in the flats. He made some of the biggest plays of the game last week, deep down the field. He had the catch that got him in the field in the field goal range. Obviously, he can basically he can do it in every possible scenario. You talked about Antonio Gibson. He has all these game script limiting factors. Like it's crazy because this should not be a sentence I'm saying, but Cordero Patterson can do it in every way possible. And Antonio Gibson just cannot this year. I <laughs> I, 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 hate I hate that that's real, but it just is. It is. And at, at a certain point, like I'm not saying, again, not saying he's the RB7, but at some point you kind of are who your ranking says you are. And he's just been so good that it's hard to say you shouldn't trust him in your lineup. That's how I'm taking this question. Like, do you trust him as like a locked and loaded starting running back the rest of the way? or receiver, depending on whatever your league considers Cordell Patterson. And I do. I. It's just It's so unexplainable how in whatever, like year seven, year eight, Arthur Smith has, like, unlocked this guy, and he's gone from being kind of a a meme. Everywhere he's gone, like, oh, the the Cordell Patterson, like, uh, on this team. Like, oh, I didn't know he was on this team. I didn't know he was on the Bears. Like, you know, LOL, the Falcons backup running back is Cordell Patterson. Like, what are we doing here? Turns out it's worked out pretty great. Here's, here's something crazy um, when you look at Cordell Patterson. He has scored 13 or more points and half-point per reception scoring every week since week one. You look at Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, none of those guys can say they've only had single-digit scoring outputs one time this year. They've all done it at least twice this season so like yeah um take a shot if you thought that Cordell Patterson would be more consistent than all of those guys this season like Najee Harris Christian McCaffrey and way fewer games and Alvin Kamara like those are the other guys who have only had one or or no single digit scoring games there's probably some others but those are the top guys that pro- honestly, there probably are not others but It's just at this point, you just kind of have to keep – you have to ride it till the wheels fall off if they ever do, I think. Well, and here's why I believe in Cordero Patterson. Because as fantasy analysts, we spend years just loving these guys that don't get no love wherever they go. (laughs) I'm going to just name a few off. Jeff Janis, rest in peace. Oh, no. we're, we're not putting Cordero Patterson in the, same, in the same sentence as 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 these guys who have never like Jeff Janis. What has he ever done for Play a full against season against the Cardinals? No, no, Spoiled I'm not saying, it for Larry Fitzgerald. I'm not saying one game. I'm saying for a like for a season or at least half a season, like because Patterson they never got what Cordero Patterson is getting. Zach Stacy, Bishop Sankey, just players that we believed in and we put our necks on a chop block for. We never got to see them. You're- and we finally got it, and no one wants to believe it. And it's just time to believe in it. And especially without uh, Calvin Ridley there, I mean, this guy is operating as a de facto wide receiver one and getting what we thought Calvin yep. Ridley should be getting. Wide receiver one, running back one, like you want Kyle Pitts to get 10 targets? Nope, sorry, there's Cordero Patterson again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'm just here to believe him because in the craziness that his fantasy Frankly, it's just more fun to be on that side at this. It point. is. <laughs> and when we're wrong, we're finally wrong. Uh I right, still think right when we jump on is when the wheels are gonna fall off. Kansas City, Brett Veach. If you're listening to this, <laughs> Jeff Janis is a free agent. <laughs> you can sign him, and he damn well won't be as bad as Bishop or Byron Pringle. <laughs> Uh, I, I think he actually would be worse than Pringle, but neither here nor there. Yeah. I just, I don't know how, I I don't know what to say other than he's just been so unsustainably good that. Yeah. Like it's funny that he's the RB seven and Todd Gurley, the other Falcons guy from last year was the RB six. I don't think we're going to get the Todd Gurley fall from grace. Like for (laughs) their Patterson, like I frankly thought would happen a month ago. I, I don't think. What he's doing, even though it's on lower volume, it's not just touchdowns. Like he's he's doing it unsustainably, but it's because he's breaking off big plays, not just like getting all the touches inside the five and converting every single one of them. That's the difference here. And I know I told you trade him a couple weeks ago. At this point, <laughs> buckle up, get on for the ride. Don't get off. He's going to take you. In, to your unless you can players. trade him for like uh <laughs> like is like Alvin Kamara maybe not playing this week like if Kamara is on a team that has to win and they see Patterson uh, Patterson like, is doing this season what Alvin Kamara wishes he could do every season. <laughs> well, I um, not sure if that's true. Let me look at yeah, Camara uh, is still ranked ahead of him uh, in the RB rankings this year. So not quite, but clear. well that's fine because you could play Patterson at wide receiver, it doesn't matter <laughs> again, depending on your league, but but yeah, I what what better way to end the the show after the weirdest week of the weirdest season of all time than with a little Cordero patterson RB1 talk, and that's how we're gonna end it today uh on half point for podcast follow us on twitter instagram tiktok all that at point for pod subscribe to the youtube channel also half point for podcast all that stuff in the show notes as always and we will talk to you guys maybe a stream again that's kind of a week-to-week thing for us it seems like uh if not a stream we'll be back next week hopefully we get a more normal fantasy football weekend this weekend i hope to see more than two teams above uh above 100 in our home league, and we will talk to you all soon.